0: to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, none other than Mikey Maximus the Furnicus. He grew up being lockerless. He's more mythical than Loch Ness. <laughs> Give him an ear and your time, and he'll show you what's poppin' slime. What? It's Thanksgiving time, Charette! What's up?
1: What's up? That was awesome, yes. Doc G. Thank you so much for the intro. Yes,
0: yes. It is Thanksgiving <laughs> special here Say on what? the Doc G Show. I'm very excited, Mike. Yes. Very excited. Uh, let me paint you a little picture. 2016, first Thanksgiving special. Big Thunder. Oh, wow. And yep. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Five, year, uh, five years ago, this is the sixth one we've got. 2016, nice. Big Thunder and the Rumblefish, a local band we had on the show. Then a big step up, 2017, Blackberry Smoke the very famous Southern rock band. 2018, Andy Frasco, great friend of the show, done the show multiple times. 2019, multi-Grammy winner, Keb Moe, won four Grammys. Yeah. 2020, Moon Taxi, which was also the uh, 200th episode as well of the Doc G Show. And then 2021... Mason Jennings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, it, the, the special is back and better than ever, yeah. Mike. Ah, <laughs> gosh, I'm so excited. I, am, I, was, I was reaching for things to think about, like talk about in Thanksgiving, because we, we talked about basically it all here on the Thanksgiving special. Um, cool. Yeah, I was digging back, Mike, and I looked. We talked uh, top rated side dishes back in the day. <laughs> um, we talked side dishes based on what state you live in. That one was interesting. Okay. I like that one. Mm. Uh <laughs> uh we I wasn't too surprised that Alabama's uh uh dish was gravy. Uh that wasn't too too surprising. What? <laughs> it's a condiment. <laughs> just gravy. Yes. <laughs> just, just give me a cup of gravy. I'm going to drink it. Here we go. Uh but you know, I was like what else have we not talked about? thanksgiving you know and i thought since i'm not a i mean i'm not a huge fan of thanksgiving food even though we've talked about it several times i'm a pretty weird person in general Mm. i'm a pretty odd guy so i was like you know what instead of looking at traditional things how about we look at the opposite we look at weird traditions of thanksgiving Mm. yeah yeah so i did i did a check on the best source for any information on the internet reddit so true
2: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: perfect and i found a board dedicated to weird thanksgiving traditions Yes. oh that's so funny yes yes and uh i like i was i was hooked from the very first one the very first <laughs> the very first user uh dazmorg, i guess we would pronounce it d a z m o r g Dazmorg? Dazmorg, mm-hmm. dazmorg something along those lines daz so close. More G. Yeah. Das
1: More G maybe. Das More G. I don't know. He's more of a G than me. That's uh, More G mm-hmm. anyway.
0: Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, Das uh, maybe. Maybe I don't know. I was thinking more German. Wait, what? Like it was some hmm. German. I don't know. Could be. Anyways. <laughs> uh his his tradition or her tradition, quote, making checks mix the slow way. While the Macy's Day Parade is on. Word. <laughs> Which I immediately thought, I don't know if you thought this, Mike, I immediately thought, what's the fast way? Hmm. Is yeah the fast way buying it in the store? Because that seems like the fast way to me, but mm-hmm. then I read on, and of course, the first response to that post was, what's the fast way, and how is your slow way different? <laughs> and <laughs> Dosmore G came in and said the slow way takes an hour in the oven at 200 degrees. Oh yeah, the roasting. And then Thinking. then they said I'm pretty sure they tell you to microwave your checks mix these days. <laughs> Which hmm. First off, I'm pretty sure we can check the records on this mic. There are no recipes telling you to prepare your checks mix in the microwave nope that's not happening okay yeah i don't think so that's amateur hour all right uh second 200 degrees
1: yeah it seems high
0: no it seems low (laughs) to me you know oh okay that seems that seems i mean that seems like a temp we've got in death valley not cooking something that's like what are you, you're smoking a rump roast for 15 hours? <laughs> like, this is checks Mix. We can next get out a magnifying glass and be like, if I get it at the right angle, we will cook this. Just ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, that's that's one to think about, Mike. A weird tradition to fire up, make some checks Mix, watch the parade. Uh, next hmm. one, watch out for this guy. This could be a dude that you could be hanging with, Mike. Uh, okay. His username Joseph Las Vegas. Joseph mm. Las Vegas. And uh, okay. Joseph said, "Quote, going out into the yard and shooting guns at pumpkins from Halloween. Mm. Usually, my aunt stops by." her friend's pumpkin patch and fills the bed of her truck with pumpkins after Halloween for really cheap. Hmm. Then we take them into the field and set them up on sawhorses, hay bales and we shoot them with everything from a 22 to a 556. Five, How do you say that? Oh. Is that is that five five six? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I know it's the I know it's the the size of the caliber, but I, I have no idea how you say it cool like a twenty two. <laughs> was it a 007 gun? Because if not, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> is it a golden? Is it on golden? Is it a, I was about to say, is it the golden gun? Did you shoot him with that? Nice. Anyways, after the pumpkins are destroyed, we have to go get the front end loader and pick them up. Since my uh. cousin does rodeo, we occasionally shoot the guns from atop a horse akin to uh, cowboys that shoot stuff. You see on the History Channel, just much less <laughs> professional. Word. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's Joseph from Las Vegas. <laughs> so I think you found your new party partner in Las Vegas, Joseph. I think I don't know. He said yard, and that's where I'm like, wait, pretty you weird, mean gravel, yeah. Right, you just went
1: out to the gravel. Yeah,
0: uh, pretty pretty <laughs> it's <desert>. odd. Um, <laughs> and he apparently is a big fan of blowing up pumpkins. Uh, hmm. Also, apparently, his family owns an arsenal, so that's yeah. nice. Nope. uh Hopefully, just to blow up pumpkins, not people. But I don't know. Uh, second, I there's one thing that really stuck out in his post. He said uh, his aunt's friend has a pumpkin patch, and at the end of the month after Halloween, his aunt gets pumpkins but still has to pay? Hmm. Like, his aunt's friend still makes her pay for the pumpkins a month after Halloween? Like, Hmm? they don't really seem like great friends. I mean, those pumpkins are just going to rot out there. Let's be honest, you're not selling those pumpkins to anybody else. And that lady's still like, I'll give them to you for $5 each. Oh, all (laughs) right, that's a steal. we got to blow these things up. So true. Anyways, Joseph, uh, please don't hurt yourself. Uh, Have a (laughs) good time. Just don't hurt yourself. Uh, Okay, third on the Reddit list. This one... (laughs) comes from a straight this is this is straight off of reddit here this user i love it the username rick flair is god (laughs) g-a-w-d god yes Yes. uh quote my last three thanksgivings consisted of a few friends eating tacos i buy from a little abuela down the road then we do cocaine Mm. at this point it's Mm. become a tradition I already have my <laughs> taco order in for Thursday. Mm. <laughs> that sounds a little bit more Vegas. <laughs> that sounds more Vegas, yes. But, I, I mean, say what you will about Ric Flair as God. Uh, he does know a good combo. I mean, True. there's a reason why tacos and cocaine are the most purchased combo meal at Taco Bell. Wait, it's, what? Uh, mm. It's a popular dish. It's popular. Man. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to be honest, though. I feel like he was worried about the wrong part of that combo at the end where he said he already had his taco order in for Thursday. feel like the second mm-hmm. part of the combo maybe might be the more difficult uh, part to obtain. I don't know. I guess depending mm-hmm. on where you live. But... Yeah. Just seems I don't know. Well, just got to pick it up before Thanksgiving. Can't just, wait night up. Just, <laughs> you get desperate <laughs> then overpay. Uh, the last one from the Reddit list I wanted to do here. This was a interesting one here uh, from the user the beard wielder. The beard wheel wielder. Yes, hmm. uh, he said, "quote not so quirky or unique, but." What I do is, I wake at dawn, go for a run, cider during the parade, scotch slash bourbon while I open and blindly stumble through whatever RPG I was playing last year from Christmas, help with cooking, switch to beer, more cooking, switch to wine, eat dinner, crash in front of the TV beside the wife, continue drunk gaming while she's passed out. End quote. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say the beard wielder's tradition is alcoholism. That <laughs> would be. I mean, that's it's, it's a good. 18 hours of drinking there, Mike. I he needs some help. He needs. Yeah. Needs a. It's a little bit too much. A little. Yeah. But you know, he has a beard, and I will say. He started the day off with a run. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Like, why do you got to wake up at dawn? Are you too busy drinking to get that run in any other <laughs> time? Like, I'm going to be <laughs> drunk for the rest of the day. So, whoo! yikes. Nope. Uh, Mike, I did want to talk about one other... Odd tradition. Uh, uh, let's sneak a little HTH in here just for Thanksgiving. Uh, this is a weird one I'm sure you've, you've heard about. I think we all know about presidents pardoning the turkey. Mm, you, yeah. You know about this, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The president goes up to the turkey, does a little salute, gives him his freedom. Uh, apparently, that didn't happen until Reagan. Hmm. The hmm. yeah, the the uh, so there's a little bit of misinformation going on on the internet. Some people date this back to Truman, President Truman, in '47, but he didn't actually pardon the turkey. He he just was presented a turkey, and it wasn't even on Thanksgiving. It was on December 15th. Hmm. The uh, yeah, it was. It wasn't anywhere close. It was actually uh, like the turkey Uh, the Group of America. I forget what the name of it was, but the Turkey Society of America. And they, uh, yeah, Truman didn't pardon it. Uh, Most folks are pretty Hmm. sure that he just ate it. He was like, cool, thanks for this turkey. And then they went and chopped its head off and he ate it later. Uh, Mm -hmm. And pretty much, apparently, every president after uh, Truman got a turkey, was presented a turkey, and they ate it. And most of all the other uh, uh, presidents they actually got theirs on Thanksgiving. So like Eisenhower, Kennedy, LBJ, Nixon, Ford, Carter. Uh, the the bird that uh, LBJ got, they actually had a photo with him, and he had a sign around its neck that said, uh, good eating, Mr. President, exclamation point. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it seemed a little demeaning Savage. towards the bird. <laughs> like, <laughs> the bird sitting there just completely oblivious like, what? What are we doing here, guys? What's, <laughs> what's going on? I mean, come on, bird can't read. That's sad. No. Nah. But then, when it then when it came to that crafty Reagan, he was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna pardon this turkey," and the crowd went wild. They were like, "Yes, mm-hmm. yes!" And uh, it's been a tradition ever since. Uh, Bush, the first Bush, he said it as as a actual like presidential order. It's something they do. They and now every president does it it's a weird Hmm. weird tradition which i mean you think it's even weirder because i I, you know none of our our presidents have been vegetarians so they do the pardon that turkey and then they inevitably go into the uh dining room and eat another turkey they're like this one's okay (laughs) but i'm gonna i'm gonna eat this one we already killed this one so you know
1: and then how long does that other Turkeys stay pardoned. Well, they they, for life. It is,
0: yeah. They retire that turkey. They're like, I mean, I you know, I'd say they probably only go back to uh, Obama since turkeys don't live too long. Nope. But um, (laughs) you know, they they basically live out their lives on a farm. I think a couple of them actually went to Virginia Tech to live in like their (laughs) agriculture area. You know, because they're the Hokies, they're the gobblers. So they retired them to. Oh yeah, it's weird.
1: Anyway, you were kind of joking. No, 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 no. Go to no. college
0: afterwards. No, 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 will no, <laughs> Start their lives. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow up on that, Mike. <laughs> we're gonna find out what the uh, pardoned turkeys have been up to for the rest of their lives. You know, we're gonna catch <laughs> back up do? with them. Even though yep, that's that's a follow up, folks, for next week. Get ready for it. You may be still working on Thanksgiving leftovers, so are we. That's right. We're finding out what turkeys <laughs> did, okay? But for now, Mike, are you ready? Since we know the weirdest and best Thanksgiving traditions, are you ready to fire up the Thanksgiving special?
1: Yes, let's do it. Five. All
0: three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. Oh man, like I said, Mike, fantastic show. None other than the terrific artist, one of your faves, Mason Jennings, on the show. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to talk to him. We're gonna talk career, we're gonna talk Minnesota, we're gonna talk Thanksgiving. It's gonna be good. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit.
3: Happy birthday, Mr. President.
0: Yes. Yes. Now, Mike, last <laughs> week, you know, you were three for three. Oh, yeah. This week, it's going to be hard. Yes. It's going to be real okay. hard. Okay. Uh, All right. I, uh, huh? maybe one. <laughs> maybe one. Okay.
1: Won. I'll take it. I'll uh, take that.
0: The first one is football, and we know it's going to need to be a big name for a football player for you. This isn't really mm-hmm. that big of a name. Probably. So... <laughs> Here we go. Our birthday suit wear was born November 24th, 1982, in Gilbert, Arizona. From a young age, our birthday suit wear loved football, but he was also pretty gifted in academics. He ended up going to Harvard for economics. Jeez. He didn't uh, get to be starting quarterback until his junior year at Harvard. His senior year, he won the Ivy League Player of the Year and led the Crimson Tide to a 10-0 and season. That's right. Our birthday suit wearer was selected in 2005 dr- uh, draft, 250th overall in the, Saint, uh, in the seventh round by the St. Louis Rams. He was then traded to the Cincinnati Bengals, then the Buffalo Bills, then the Titans, then the Texans, then the New York Jets, then the Buccaneers, then the Dolphins, and he's currently on the Washington football team. Jeez. Over hmm. all the teams and the seasons, our birthday suit wearer has only had two winning seasons and never made the playoffs. But he's still known by his nit- uh, nickname, Fitz Magic. Hmm. Name that birthday suit wear.
1: Fitz Magic, yeah. Um, hmm. I'm gonna totally guess on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson? What? <laughs> <laughs> that, not even close. Not even close. Nope.
0: <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs>
1: right. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it was like, it's like where the Fitz you Magic know comes from. The yeah. Fitz, the yeah. Fitz Magic. Yeah, yeah, it
0: doesn't go with Wilson at all. But whatever. Yeah, <laughs> let's try it. When he screws up, they call him Fitz Tragic. Oh. Fitz Magic. Oh. Fitz Tragic. Uh yeah, the dude's a survivor in the NFL though. They just keep I mean, he's 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 a he's thirty-nine. He's thirty-nine, and they just keep trading him to other teams and he just keeps on a playing, man. He's got a nice That's crazy nice grizzly beard. Yes! He's been rated apparently by lots of like I don't know why this is a thing, but they rank the smartest. Uh, athletes he's been rated one of the smartest athletes uh, ever Um, Hmm. uh, you know I mean if you get into Harvard I'm guessing you are fairly intelligent that's what they tell me these yeah. days, you know? But, uh, but how does that, like, co- like correlate, I don't know if that's a word, but into,
1: like, a long football career? Like, how does being smarter, like, is he a quarterback? Yeah, or is he, he's uh, a
0: quarterback. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense then.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's got to make, you know, he's got to make some, uh, fast decisions there while he's, while he's out on the, uh, out on the field. He's got to make some, uh, Got to, got to make some audibles, some fast things sure. there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's a rumor, you know, uh, they give every NFL draft uh, draftee the Wonderlick test, which is like, you know, it's it's like a fast-thinking decision test to see how they can make all of these. It's like, you know, really quick. It's supposed to be, I think it's like 10, right. 10 minutes or something like that, and you answer as many questions as you can. And the highest score is fifty, and apparently he uh, got a fifty. Some people say, "Wow!" But he says he remembers he didn't. He actually mentioned in a uh, in an interview that he did not answer. He he, uh, he answered forty nine questions. He left one question blank. So hmm. would mean he'd get the highest score possible. It would be forty nine that he'd get. But, anyways. Smart guy. Been in the NFL for a really long time. Drafted 250th overall. Jeez. So he stuck wow. around even though he was 250th overall. Happy that birthday. That seems like a lot. That is. How many total draftees are there? I think general? it's only a couple more than that, Mike. I'm pretty oh, wow. sure it's it's like 254, I want to say, or wow. something like that. Yeah, he was very close to the end. It's 255. Yeah, 255. So there you go. He was five away from the very last and, and wow. uh, kept it going. Happy birthday, Ryan. Uh, Mike, are you ready? Rip some headlines? Yes, sir. Let's hear him. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Uh, Mike, you're aware of Jennifer Lawrence, correct? Mm hmm. Some folks call her J Law. That's what. I hear it's hot in the streets. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's on the cover of the newest Vanity Fair. Word. And I was immediately drawn in by her interview. It was pretty interesting. Uh, First of all, I sent you a picture. I do think she's a mix of Blake Lively and Meghan Markle on the front cover. Uh, (laughs) If you don't believe me, listeners, I mean, and I may be wrong, but I, I immediately saw it. It's like Mike said, you see it in the eyes of Meghan Markle yeah. and Jennifer Lawrence, and you're like, that, yep, yep And then the nose, somewhat like Blake Lively, and I was like, it's a combination. That's what she is. Now, if you don't believe me, look at the cover, listeners, and you probably won't <laughs> believe me, and you'll be like, no, oh, he's stupid. Anyways, second, uh, she did this interview, and uh, she's doing the interview because she's promoting her new movie uh, that she did with Leonardo DiCaprio. So, obviously, the movie's gonna be amazing uh yeah. it's gonna be great third kind of excited to be honest yeah for it yeah you are i yeah. i hadn't heard of it yeah. until i saw this interview didn't know that was they coming have a up. trailer oh there we go pretty funny there we go well uh th- this interview was uh pretty uh, interesting because apparently she i i forgot this i might have remembered it but i forgot this happened she almost died in a plane crash in 2017 apparently that happened yeah. I didn't I didn't remember that. But she she told Vanity Fair all about the uh, experience. She said, quote, Pippi, my dog was on my lap. Uh, that was the worst part. Here's this little thing who didn't ask to be a part of any of this. She saw the runway below, awash with fire trucks and ambulance. I started praying, not to a specific God I grew up with, because he was terrifying and a very judgmental guy. But I thought... Oh, my God. Maybe we'll survive this. I'll be a burn victim. <laughs> this will be painful, but maybe we'll live. She paused to crack a joke. Please, Lord Jesus, let me keep my hair. Wrap me up in your hair-loving arms. Please don't let me go bald. Huh? I don't know, Mike. You're the comedian. Does that count as a joke? <laughs> I would say so, yeah. (laughs) It's a pretty joke. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, eh, who am I to say this this show's filled with them. But like, I mean, it's just like, really? (laughs) That was a weird place, J-Law, to throw in a joke. And I mean like, and a weird thing to think about as far as like, what am I gonna joke about keeping? Let's keep my hair. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, the, I don't know. the point is she ended up being completely fine and she's making a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, the man that inspired mm-hmm. Michael Jordan to win his sixth championship and has amazing acting skills. So, good for her. <laughs> good for her. Uh, Mike, a little warning. This next story, it's moving. Mm. It, okay. It's very moving. Mm. This next story is so awesome. moving, you'll need a new address. That's right. Yeah. Mm. This next story is so sweet, It'll give you diabetes. Jeez. But then Ooh. it'll cure your diabetes because that's how nice it is. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Yeah. It's very nice, Mike. <laughs> it's very nice. So I'm sure you're aware of the Make a Wish Foundation. Yes. Yeah. 13 year old mm-hmm. uh Abraham o- Olebeji. olabeggi Pretty sure I effed up his last name. Sorry, Abraham. Girl, come on Anyways. Abraham is a part of the Make-A-Wish Foundation in the great state of Mississippi. Um, I have no idea if Abraham has ever tried a Kool-Aid pickle, but he lives in (laughs) Mississippi. Uh, Anywho, in June 2020, he was diagnosed with aplastic anemia, a uh, blood disorder, life-threatening and extremely rare. He needed a bone marrow transplant to survive. While getting his bone marrow transplant, he was told by the Make-A-Wish uh, Mississippi Foundation that his wish would be granted. What did he do for his wish, you ask? Hmm. He wished that the homeless people of his hometown, Jackson, Mississippi, would be fed for a year. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So okay. every third Saturday of every month, Abraham and a group of volunteers stand in Poindexter Park distributing meals until every homeless person is fed. And they will continue doing that until next uh, September. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Jamie, That's good. Jamie Sandys of the Make-A-Wish Foundation said, Between the businesses that have donated food and the people who have received food, Abraham's wish has impacted hundreds of people at this point. Uh, Abraham's mom, Miriam, said, uh, "Quote: As parents, we could only hope to raise good, God-fearing, productive members of society. Sometimes we get things wrong. Sometimes we get things right. So it's nice to see when things go right. You got him right, Miriam. So true. Abraham mm-hmm. got him right. Yes. That's some that is some awareness and empathy for a 13-year-old that I do not have, Mike. Nope. Uh mm. most of us do not have. Man, if I was Abraham, give me 2 seconds thinking about that wish and Michael Jordan would be playing basketball with me in the front yard. That is <laughs> That is there no question. Get Michael Jordan here now. <laughs> This guy's <laughs> off feeding the homeless. What? Yeah. You, I mean, and he's he's on. He's potentially getting a life-ending transplant, or it could be a life-giving transplant. But he's worried about the homeless people. That is that mm-hmm. is impressive for a 13-year-old. You go, Abraham. You go. I hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving, Abraham. You know what? Yeah. This Thanksgiving special dedicated to Abraham. That just happened. Okay. That just happened. All right. Uh, yeah. That's right. Mike, interesting story from BBC. BBC wrote about cannabis moms. Hmm. Canna-moms. Canna-moms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Moms. Not that is. Well, these these moms are moms Word. that parent with the help of cannabis. Oh. Canna-moms. I'm uh, all ears. <laughs> <laughs> the article mainly focuses on Danielle Brand. Uh, this is a mom who used cannabis as a mom to help her feel better and mm-hmm. happier in mind and body. She also authored uh, the book Weed Mom, The Canna Curious Woman's Guide to Healthier Relaxation, Happier Parenting, and Chilling the F Out. Word. Here's, uh, here's what she said, Mike. Quote, Cannabis helps me in certain transitional moments. I can more easily set aside my workday to-do list along with whatever challenges and fr- frustrations I've experienced that day and get into the kind of headspace where I can patiently help with work, homework or make dinner with my daughter. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though, Mike. I mean, that sounds nice. And I'm not going mm-hmm. to stop her from uh, getting her can of mom on. But I do have to say, like, just thinking from the daughter's point of view, like, look, mom, we got to talk. Last night, you made me <laughs> dinner consisting of fried chicken with grape jelly and told me it was freaking amazing. All right. I don't know <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> what that was. And then you helped me with my math homework. But we only got one question done because when we answered 69, you couldn't stop laughing and told me to turn the page because you couldn't look at it anymore. Does not work. This is not working out for me. I just, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, Synopsis is, Mike, moms are getting high and they're fine with that. So that's good. So true. It's good for them. And it's in like
1: England. I don't know. BBC, I always think that's like.
0: Yeah. British, British. British. <laughs>
1: Yeah, British Broadcasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Well, yeah, I guess that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, good for them. Just,
0: good for them, you know?
1: Yeah, good for them. I mean... I think I will... Uh, well, can I disclose something? Okay. I think
0: when I have kids, I'm going to continue smoking marijuana.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know... I don't
0: know. Well, I, honestly, I mean, you know, I don't need to get in a debate here on the Thanksgiving special, but I think, uh, and I don't <laughs> think you're going to debate me. Nope. Uh, but I think it, it, in a lot of cases, can be a lot safer than the mom that just uh, chugs wine all night. So true. <laughs> uh, true. You know? Like, I mean, I feel like that's a little bit more devastating to the uh, home life uh, than a little yeah. marijuana. But, you know, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't know. Just, just, I'll try both. just, just for just for you <laughs> folks out there, just so you know, Mike's gonna be a a Canadad at some point, point <laughs> and that's not that's not somebody who lives in Canada. A Canadad. I feel
1: like I feel like this is a strong line of clothing. Mm. Canada. Canadad. Yeah, I could can say that. Cana parents. Yeah,
0: Canada, <laughs> uh Yeah, Canada, I think we could we could come up with something flashier for the the group. Than can of parents, there's got to be something. Yeah, okay. Something bad. Can of mom, can of dad. I like those. Those are good. Any- <laughs> anyways, uh, Mike, interesting story out of Massachusetts. Apparently, three men were arrested by Massachusetts environmental police. the uh, mm. The police were out on patrol in the Templeton area of Massachusetts. It's about an hour and a half out of uh, Boston. There, northwest, and. Uh, they saw a vehicle using a spotlight to illuminate the woods. Then one of the individuals in the car reached out of the car with a crossbow and shot a deer in the spotlight.
1: Wait, what? Mm.
0: Only problem was the deer wasn't a real deer. It was a decoy. Oh. When they realized it was a decoy, They realized the cops were watching them, and they tried to speed off. And uh, the cops Uh caught up with them, and then the officers walked up to the car. They noticed deer legs hanging out of the car. Jeez. So they had already actually got other deer. Uh, The individuals in the car were charged with firing a crossbow within 150 feet of a road, illegal hunting with a crossbow, hunting with the aid of a vehicle, Hunting with an artificial light, hunting after mm. hours, tagging violations, and hunting on public lands without permits. Jeez. I've never heard so many hunting charges at once, Mike. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know there were that many hunting charges. Yeah. Uh, I do have to wonder though, how bad of hunters are these dudes? Mm. Like I know there's I know there's the saying frozen like a deer in headlights but I feel like there are some dead giveaways to a decoy. Like yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a decoy and be- been convinced long enough to pull out a crossbow, take aim and shoot it. Then again, I've never had a crossbow either, but still like <laughs> I don't like <sighs> Two, you gotta feel... I don't know. You gotta feel bad for the deer that actually got shot by these dudes, like... Yeah. I mean, first, because he got shot, but then second, because he got shot by dudes that don't even know what they're shooting at. Like, oh, man. It's probably like, this isn't fair. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, come on, really? Really? Anyways, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from none other than our guest, Mr. Mason Jennings. This is off of his debut album. This is Butterfly, right here on The Doc G Show.
4: I'm all dressed up in your words today. Do you think about me? What do you think about me? And if it comes down, it's still about the sweet little things you say. After all that I've run from, where the fuck did you come from? Butterfly, baby, I still have my doubts about you. Cause, butterfly, cause I can't find nothing bad about you. And, butterfly, you messed me up, you made my heart double beat. Butterfly, I don't know how it is you got inside of me But you're in there now, oh you're in there now, you're in there now You've made me yours, with your lovely cures Life is life, I don't know why it is to do things like this After all that I've come from, you're the woman I should run from Butterfly, baby I still have my doubts about you cause Butterfly, cause I can't find nothing bad about you, ain't Butterfly, you mess me up, you make my heart double beat. And Butterfly, I don't know how it is you got inside of me.
0: On the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm -hmm. Listeners, make sure you check out the podcast, okay? Mm -hmm. You go on there. You can go on Apple. You can go on SoundCloud. You can go on TuneIn. You can go on Stitcher. You can go on all sorts of different podcast streaming services. And you can listen to the Doc G Show. And when you listen to the Doc G Show, it makes me happy. And Mm -hmm. I get the analytics of where you're from so I can shout you out. Like, for instance, this week, Frisco, Texas just went bananas on the listens. Frisco, Texas. They were all about it this week. And I was like, you know what? Thank you, Frisco, Texas. Thank you. By the way, there's a fantastic donut shop that we've talked about. Uh, before on the show, Mike, in Frisco, Texas. Detour Hmm. Donuts. Yes. Detour Donuts. So, if if you're in the Frisco area, if you're the person that has been listening like crazy in the Frisco area, make sure you stop by Detour Donuts. And if you're the owners of Detour Donuts and you're listening like crazy, thanks, guys. Thanks. Uh, Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Mike, let's give a couple of shout-outs here. Real quick. Uh, regulars. Okay. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Ashburn, Virginia, Boardman, Oregon, Dublin, Ireland, Winfield, West Virginia, Frankfurt, Germany, Richardson, Texas, San Diego, California, Genoa, Italy, Barcelona, Spain, Anoka, Minnesota, Peoria, Illinois, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Sutra Heights, California, Columbus, Georgia, and Sao Paulo, Brazil. Shout out. Here we go. there mm. we go. Really get excited for those internationals, Mike. Sao Paulo. Yeah, for sure. Dublin, Barcelona, Genoa. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Semi-regulars. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Los Angeles, California, Indianapolis, Indiana, Redlands, California, Tel Aviv, Israel, Jefferson, Georgia, Las Vegas, Nevada, Lubbock, Texas, Boston, Massachusetts, Portland, Oregon, Denver, Colorado, San Leandro, California, Moscow, Russia, Brooklyn, New York, Dallas, Texas, Panama City, Florida, Lansing, Michigan, Nashville, Tennessee, and Manassas, Virginia. There we go. Thank you. Nice. Thank you to all the listeners of the Doc G Show. We really appreciate it. It's fantastic. Hopefully, this is the sixth Thanksgiving special you have listened to. If you haven't, go back and stream the others. They're still out there. Mm-hmm. You can go right. back and check them out. In fact, last night when I was checking some of those details, I went back. I didn't relive a Thanksgiving special, I relived one of our Christmas specials. So true. And I was like, ah, oh, man, those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gave me warm and fuzzy feelings, Mike. It was nice. It was That's nice. good. Yeah, it was good. It's good, Mike. Uh, real quick. Speaking of warm fuzzy feelings, got to open the miscellaneous file here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was listening to uh, satellite radio the other day. And, uh, you know, I was cheating on FM radio that we're on. I was (laughs) like, listen to a little satellite every now and then. And a commercial, because I was listening to a news channel. Sometimes people question me when I say a commercial, and they're like, satellite radio, moron. There are no commercials. There are if you're listening to the news channel. So true. They still have commercials (laughs) because they usually sync up with the TV, guys. Get with it. Anyways, they had a commercial that came on for a sperm bank. Hmm. Yeah. And it was asking for donors. And uh, it was making some good points. You know, they were like, help out the LGBT community, help out infertile couples. I was like, yeah, those are nice reasons. Yeah. That makes sense. Then at the end of the commercial, it was like, come in today and be a hero. Huh?
3: And
0: I was like, hmm, huh? I don't know who came up with that commercial, but gonna have to say being a sperm donor doesn't make you a hero you know (laughs) you know i mean being a hero requires heroic actions that's a fact you know just because something happened as a result of something you did that's really good doesn't make you a hero nope you know (laughs) like the definition of a hero looked it up it's a person who is admired or idolized for courage, outstanding achievements, or notable qualities. That's Mm -hmm. the definition of a hero. (laughs) I would really like to see the person that comes into the sperm donor clinic and is like, Miss, give me that cup. Give me that cup (laughs) and step aside. I'm going to go in that room and make babies all around the world because I'm a (laughs) hero. Give me the cop right now. Like, who's who's that person? Cause I I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, if you view yourself as a hero for that action, you're a little weird. You're a little weird. I'm just gonna say. Might want to think about changing your advertisement. I'm just saying. Anyways, I found it interesting. Keep a listen, Mike. Keep keep a lookout for that. Uh, I like the. Uh...
1: I like to come in today I yeah don't know if that was really intentional yeah but uh um, yeah
0: no, smooth smooth they worked it right in there Wait, what? um Mike uh let's see do I have time yeah I got time for I got time for at least one story here uh this is a real okay. quick one this this story is about Tesla so oh. CNN took Tesla's long promoted uh self-driving car with beta software. They took that out for a test drive in Brooklyn. And uh, apparently it didn't go well. Uh, The car almost ran into like 20 different things in Brooklyn. Jeez. Uh, The guy driving had to take over like 20 different times. They're like, oh, almost ran into the sidewalk there. Oh, almost almost ran into that truck there. Didn't go well. Have a lot of uh, kinks to work out of the system. Uh Uh-oh. yeah, and the guy that was doing this test of the car at one point in the video uh said we aren't we aren't doing this we aren't doing this for a laugh at Elon Musk. We truly want to see how the car would handle in city driving. And you know what, Mike? I'll laugh at Elon Musk. Yes! Uh, he he's mm-hmm. a turd. That makes me happy that his car's not working. He's a big he's a big old turd worth $200 billion. That's a fact. A $200 billion turd. That's what he is. I'm almost positive Elon Musk watches iRobot with Will Smith and Roots for the Robots. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure. Real quick, Mike. Do you think that would have been better if I would have went with Terminator and the T-1000? Rooting for the T-1000? Hmm. It's... It's an older, Um, it's an older movie. Yeah, but it's a more popular movie, so I wasn't sure.
1: Yeah, I think Terminator reference would have been good, but I think the iRobot reference stands as well. They're both equally evil. Good, good. Robots.
0: Maybe I should ask. (laughs) Maybe should ask J Law. She does. She does crack (laughs) jokes from time to time. So I don't know. Uh, uh, Mike, this is an interesting one too from CNN. There's an interesting story about a California couple that is wanted by the FBI. Uh, for stealing millions of dollars from the government in COVID nineteen relief funds. Jeez. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Richard and Marietta uh, apparently were awaiting sentencing back in August. They'd already been charged, and uh, they decided, you know what? Let's just let's just skedaddle and not go to prison. Sweet. So they cut off their electronic tracking bracelets and then uh, typed out a note telling their three children that they had just abandoned them. Word. (laughs) The note said, quote, We will be together again one day. This is not goodbye, but a brief break from each other.
3: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Wow. And and they haven't been seen since. Wow. The parents just got, got out, and the FBI has not found them yet yeah
1: that is crazy. Yeah.
0: first, I gotta say, Mike, that note sounds like like a note that a college freshman dude would write his girlfriend that had just broke up with him because she needs her space. <laughs> like we will be together again <laughs> one day. This is not a goodbye. It's just a brief break from each other and the girl like reads it to all her friends like, what a moron. <laughs> what is this guy doing? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, second, don't you think they they should have technology now on like electronic monitoring devices to be able to detect when you when you cut them off? Hmm. Like I don't know. That, mm. that always seems like so like oh you know what let's just cut this off and there's no like alarm that goes off when you cut it off. Like seems seems like they could come up with that by now. Just, yeah. Third, last thing, if you're a bad enough parent to decide to leave your three kids and the best way you can you can tell them is write them a note, I don't think you should worry. They probably weren't going to miss you anyways. Nope. That's you know <laughs> <laughs> like I would say one of those kids came and read the note like, yeah, it makes sense. All right. Nah. Guess we're going to live with Aunt Josie here. All right. Pack up our things. Let's go. Like, <laughs> Just weird. I'll keep you updated, folks. Uh, if I find Please anything. Please do. Yeah. If I find Please anything do. on these folks, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, Mike, we got to do what we do here. Previously on the Doc G Show. Here we go. Let's follow up. Previously on the Doc G Show. <laughs> this is uh, this is actually from two weeks ago, but I remembered to follow up on it, Mike. I brought up John Henry, the steel driving man. So true. And mm-hmm. uh, you had never heard of this folk legend. Nope. And I was like, "Is this just me? Is this is this just me? Am, am I a weirdo that knows?" Apparently, it kind of makes sense. Hmm. It is a nationwide thing that people do know about, but. It's way, way more popular in Virginia and West Virginia. That's a fact. He, uh, he's known around the world, but he was, he was from that area. So there you go. Oh, okay. Now, according to legend, John Henry was an ex-slave who worked on the railroad tracks after the Civil War. He was like a really strapping lad, Word. super muscular, and just like ripped. And he was better than anyone at driving steel into rocks to make holes to blast for uh, constructing railroad tunnels. You know, how they mm. got to put the dynamite into the... Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. he was better than anybody at that. And uh, they brought in a, uh, a steam engine, you know? They brought in a steam engine that did the same thing as John's job. The steam engine was supposed to be faster than any man... And making these these holes for the dynamite and you hmm. know john couldn't stand for that so big old john henry challenged the machine to a race let's see who can do it faster mother trucker let's get it done you know <laughs> and he beat the machine but he worked so hard he died of exhaustion at the end of the race ah uh, yeah yeah that's john henry for you man wow. There have been over a hundred songs written about John Henry. So true. They've been recorded by Johnny Cash, Charlie Crockett, Jerry Lee Lewis, Van Morrison, Bruce Springsteen, Steve Earle, Doc Watson, many others. All kinds of different mm. songs about old John Henry. Uh in nineteen ninety six, the US Postal Service released a John Henry stamp. That happened. So there wow. you go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Little little follow up on John Henry. Just a little okay. HTH Thanksgiving special style on John Henry. There we go. John Henry, still driving man. Uh, okay. Follow up. How many targets are there in New York City area? Hmm. Uh, now, in the New York City area, not in the city, Mike, but all around okay. in what they consider the New York City area, 91 stores. Jeez. 91 wow. in the area. Now, I did find that they had just, in the past, this past year, they've opened three small format locations in Manhattan. Yeah. Just this past year. So, it could be conceivable, when you were there, there was only one on Manhattan. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. There are all kinds. We've got one on the Upper West Side at eight, uh, 1863 Broadway. Got another 615 Tenth Avenue, and then one uh, 1520 Forest Avenue in Staten Island. There you go. Uh, mm. Those are all the small, the small formats. So these are like, you know, they're trying to blend in. They're not being the big yeah, box they're store. they're really
1: small. Yeah. They're really small targets too. Yeah. There was one I think on the Lower East Side too. Did you mention that one? Well, no. These uh. are, these
0: were the new ones. So these were just oh, okay. the new ones that had popped up. There were there were many more small ones that are trying to, like, basically pose as a bodega. Like, hey, it's your local <laughs> Target bodega. Hop on in. Uh, uh, you know, that's, that's the idea. Anyways. Good. Anyways, Targets, 91. They're all over the place apparently now, wow. just crawling in the New York City area. Uh, anyways, guys, we are going to take a break And we will be right back with our Thanksgiving special guest, none other, Mr. Mason Jennings, right here on The Doc G Show.
1: This is 95.5 Spinnaker Wheel, WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville.
0: The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are super happy to have none other than singer, songwriter, and all-around artist, Mr. Mason Jennings. Mason, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Of course. Now, I I let you in on the notice before we came on the air that you are part of the Thanksgiving special here on the Doc G Show. How do you feel about that? I feel honored. Yes yes as you should we it's a it's a big deal here it's right up there with the football macy's day parade turkey all of those things thanksgiving nice. yeah it's right there uh so if you could at the end of the interview i want to ask a couple of thanksgiving questions if you have time okay throw a couple in there at the end but speaking of annual occurrences you are playing your annual december show with the band at uh, Fine Line in Minneapolis after you didn't get to do it last year. 2020 was off. How, how excited yeah. are you to, to have that show back?
5: Oh, I'm so stoked. It's been so many years that I've been doing shows in December, and it was just so weird to not play last year. So I'm, I'm excited.
0: Very nice. Very nice. So we have uh, – we're lucky enough on the show, on our podcast version of the show, we have some regular listeners uh, in Anoka. So folks in Anoka – you probably already have your tickets to his, his December show, but if you don't, grab some tickets. Grab some tickets for the December show. <laughs> yes! um, so y- you've lived in Minneapolis now almost almost 30 years. Seems, yeah. Seems to be a huge part of your career, of, of home life. Your dad moved to Minnesota back in 94, and you went and visited him, and you were just like, boom, this, this is my place. I need to live here, which... Yeah, I loved it. It's a little surprising because this is like I mentioned before we came on. I I probably would be like, "Wow, this place is cold." What? 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 what well, you... I came in the summer. So. Oh, there you go. What? What was it though that what drew you in to Minnesota? Well, I
5: you know growing up like I had listened to a bunch of Prince, number one, and mm. then also as I got older, I started. I fell in love with the re- Replacements and then bands like the Jayhawks and so when I first went there, I um you know just walking around in, in the same area where like this music was made the main thing that hit me was that it was really eclectic you know like mm-hmm. there was just all kinds of different people and they had tons of live music venues for people to play their own songs so mm-hmm. like a lot of cities have a lot of venues where it's like cover bands and pittsburgh where i grew up was mostly just cover band places and then when i came to minneapolis i was like Man, they had great press. They had great radio. They had great, you know, a lot of people supporting people that wrote their own music. So I was like, that's kind of the main thing that caught me.
0: Nice. Did you did you ever think of the the other big, you know, music cities? Did you ever think of Nashville or L.A. or New York?
5: Yeah, for sure. And like later after I after I had been in Minnesota for a while, I thought maybe I'll move to L.A. Um, but you know, it just it just minnesota was always so supportive of me and also just touring out of the middle of the country really really makes touring more manageable too you can just kind of go to either coast
0: always halfway it was just sort of made sense
5: yeah always halfway and (laughs) it's fit yeah someday i might move out of the cold for sure but for now it's been cool
0: till you get to that retirement age and then you can say you know what yeah let's get let's get to the sunny, warm places for sure uh now Classic question. Then, if I'm coming to Minneapolis and I call you up and I say, "Mason, I'm I'm in Minneapolis. I need a place to eat." What's your go-to? What's the quintessential Minnesota place that I should that I should eat at?
5: I think uh, the Birchwood Cafe. They're Birchwood. just a great like all these great local you know farm farm local farm stuff. It's nice. awesome. The Birchwood Cafe.
0: Man, what's what's your what's your favorite dish you've had at the Birchwood?
5: I like all the I like all the salads because I'm a vegetarian. But mm. before I was a vegetarian, I love the turkey burger. So if you're if you're a meat eater, tur- the turkey burger. If you're a if you're a vegetarian, the salads are great.
0: How long have you been a vegetarian?
5: About four and a half years.
0: Nice, nice. Is it uh, it going well so far? I'm guessing.
5: Yeah, I love it. My wife has been a vegetarian for like I don't know twenty five years or something. So when I you know we met like five or six years five years ago, and so she hit me to how to do it. You know, because there's like all these tips of like. The supplements you need, yeah. and sort of like how to get your protein. So mm-hmm. she kind of had had a, had it a dialed. So that was it was a nice way to do it.
0: Now since you since you've been uh, a vegetarian, have you tried the Impossible Burgers? Yeah, those are some. <laughs> they're so realistic. They are. They they do. And I've told a lot of people, a lot of my friends that are vegetarians. If you've been a vegetarian for a long time, it's even more confusing because, like you know, you've lost that real, you know. You, that recent time that you had meat so when you have it you're like yeah. this is exactly the same thing right this is this oh, is yeah. it like it's pretty impressive pretty, pretty it is they they hit it they hit a nail on the head there yeah well well back to uh back to music uh as far as when you first moved to minneapolis i heard that you really struggled you like when you first yeah. got there. Even though you saw all these music venues, they weren't really open to you. So you were looking around, no. and you got you got the advice from Chris Osgood to make an album. And you, eventually, you got there. You did you did make an album. It took you know three years essentially, and I just summarized that three years in about three sentences. But How many times at that start, when you were in Minneapolis and you were struggling to get those gigs and whatnot, did you think like... Is this music for me? Is this is this what I should do? Did you have second guess or was it always like, no, this is what I got to do. This is the only option.
5: Uh, I felt like it was the only option, but I felt like I, at some point I kind of gave myself to the age of twenty three. I was like, well, if I'm twenty three and I, it doesn't work, I will probably have to go to community college or something to try to do something else. But luckily, it started taking off right right when I got to be about that age, so I didn't have to do the plan <laughs> B. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but it was it was it was a long. I mean. Yeah, nobody wanted to book the shows, and I was playing, like, just, I could get a gig at one coffee shop, and we'd, I'd have to do three-hour gigs, and they were really, it took a long time to get the gigs at, like, the better venues.
0: Yeah, yeah, now when you recorded that first album, your debut album, it's on a four-track recorder, you, you did everything yourself. Had you ever recorded before that? Was that just all, you know trial and error with yourself
5: well i grew up recording all my myself on like little tape like cassette four track mm. machines I, mm. I was lucky enough to get one when i was probably 15 so like i made those for a bunch of years but this thing that i rec- I recorded the the first album on like a big like old reel to reel like yeah a big machine a big four track so like i had never done anything like that before so it was kind of a first time just like luckily I-, I was like staying in this uh place that had a really nice sounding dining room and we and my friend a roommate just like we had an empty dining room so it just sounded really good like wood so i put the drums in there and put the guitars in there and it just was luckily like the room sounded so good so i just needed one mic and you know it all kind of worked out but yeah. it's really hard to do that usually if you, if you don't have a good sounding place
0: well it's wild like i had never thought of that i'd heard some of the songs before and then i watched your uh stream on uh, stories and songs there about the debut album and I was just like and I, st- I started going back and listening to the songs and was like oh yeah you can hear the four truck yes yes I got like it and it's it's amazing how you put it together and it 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 you know fills fills the fills the song and and works perfectly but uh I mean Thanks. had you I mean were those songs work in progresses basically since you had started playing music or did you make them specifically for that sort of demo debut album? No, they
5: were just they were just made the months right around when I was recording it and there was there was a few other ones that like there was a song called The Light Part 2 that came out on like Use Your Voice that was actually going to be on that first record that I couldn't get it re- you know it wasn't recording quite right in that format of the four track so mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah that whole ba- that batch of eight was just you know the summer of that year i just wrote them and, and yeah. recorded them
0: nice now have you ever thought about how different it would be if you did that now if you were like an artist starting in that oh my same God. situation
5: i mean i think it's i think people have it really hard now because i mean in some ways it's easier because you can get stuff out but i think a huge thing for me was that um i had time to kind of like really w- work through the stuff and get get that get that cd made without Without just dumping stuff on the internet before it was ready. Yeah. And then I really got better at touring, you know, so then I just toured so hard and um people had to come out and see the show and buy the C D. Yeah. It was like word of mouth, but it was like, you know, it, it really was like it kinda took off word of mouth and I and I don't know if it would have if it would have been the internet, you know. Yeah. So I feel really grateful.
0: It's a it's a different it's a different effort where you're putting in the effort. Because like, you know right. I, I think about it on the production side and you're just like, Man, you could have Hopped on Garage Band or Logic, didn't have to save up right. for the four track, and you could have had a thousand tracks re-edited over top of each other, and then it'd be sitting on Spotify yeah. five seconds after you finished it. But, <laughs> yeah, like you said, you just to to actually promote it and get it out there and not have it lost in the sea of millions and millions of other songs definitely is is the harder end now, but. uh yeah i just, I, just yeah. I couldn't help but think about that when i was thinking about you making the album of how you know that process completely different now that you'd see but i also i also wanted to mention i love uh you, you were talking about this as far as once you had made your debut album and you were giving it out uh and you gave it out to some of the people uh, that you worked with. You worked at a uh, restaurant at the time that you were coming out with this debut album. You gave it to the waiters and the the hostesses and whatnot, and they came back a couple of weeks later and like, hey, you know what? I sort of like that. Like a like a real <laughs> artist. Like a real music. Yeah. And I just I I love that because I don't know how many artists I've heard from that that they think that person thought they were giving you a compliment, and you're like. Yeah. Yeah, I am an artist. That's what I did. That's this. Like it's I mean, That's did funny. you ha- do you have a lot of that starting off as far as just sort of that frustrating people not seeing you in that light?
5: Oh, and I still do. I mean, anytime you, in our culture, you know, the United States, if you say you're a musician, people roll their eyes. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. like they just go, "Oh, great, you're that dude that pulls out the guitar and annoys everybody <laughs> at the party." Or you know, like it's it's weird. It's like most people just have disdain for for musicians, you know, in general.
3: Yeah,
5: and um, it's funny, and and I just think like, yeah, I have to I have to go like, oh, you know, you can check out my records, and, and and it's like, luckily now it's we have like Spotify and stuff or YouTube, and I can say say my name, and they'll go check it out. Yeah. Whereas in the past, if I would just say, yeah, I'm a musician, they'd be like, oh, yeah, buddy, like, I guess because you don't want a real job and all that. (laughs) You know, it's it's funny.
0: It's, yeah, it is. It's definitely weird, too, as far as the self-promotion. Like, you can't promote yourself too hard, but you can't not say anything. There's this fine line of having to be like, yeah, I play music. Here it is. But don't listen to it. You don't have to listen to it. Don't look at it. It's it's like, Yeah, exactly. You know, it's 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 very odd. That's huge actually,
5: yeah. Exactly. And as a solo artist, I mean that was that was something that really changed for me. I got a band finally. Like in, in Minneapolis, I was doing all these solo gigs and, and I couldn't promote myself and then I got this drummer and this bass player and, and two of their, their major attributes was that they were both so they're extroverted and they loved to promote. So then mm. they went out and just promoted me and it really helped. I mean, having them in the band, suddenly the shows were selling out because they could talk me up, but I couldn't talk myself up. So yeah. It is a weird, it's a weird thing like that.
0: Ex- extremely, yes, extremely odd. Well, one other thing I wanted to ask about the first album, and you mentioned this when you were talking about it in your stream, about Godless, which is sort of that, it's the counterweight of the album. It's it's the polarizing song that's, that's different. And, i heard you mention that 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 was a big influence on bands like kings of leon um yeah that they they listen to that track just like on repeat is is that yeah. is that like the most satisfying compliment you can get about your music like knowing that somebody else that's a musician that's a that's a good artist in their own right is appreciating your music and inspired by your music
5: yeah that's i mean that feels really good when you when somebody who is super passionate about their craft comes to me and you know says that that's a song they listen and repeat or that that's inspiring to them or yeah that's a that's a huge uh that means a lot to me for sure
0: and it's it's ironic because the first time i listened to your album and i heard godless it was i you know it was a good good amount of time after it came out it was after kings of leon's Album first album had come out, and I was in a band that played Molly's Chambers, Kings of Leon song all the time. And when I heard Godless, yeah, I, I was like, song. I was like, that's what it reminded me of. I mean, obviously, there's oh, a funny. lot.
5: of you, you felt the connection.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was like. I was <clears> like, that that sounds a lot like Kings of Leon, Molly's Chamber. And then when I heard you say that, I was uh, about Kings of Leon. I was like, I think it, I think it leaked in there. I think it. I think it yeah, leaked they, in their yeah. songs.
5: For- yeah, I th- they said that uh, the first time I heard of them, we had the same publicist, and and he said that the brothers would had that CD on repeat in their car, and and um they would just listen to it all the time because, and then I was like I'd never heard of them before. so yeah. that, I guess that was what they were listening to back then. So it's kind Man. of fun.
0: Yeah, it's definitely and they they took they took the strip down approach too as far as, you know, especially right. at that start at that start of their their career. They they polished it up definitely the the further they got. Yep. But speaking of, of influence, uh, last last year you released a collaboration project uh, with an artist that's no doubt been a big influence to all kinds of artists. You released an album with a with Stone uh, under the name Painted Shield. You also had Matt Chamberlain yeah. there and Brittany Davis. I, I'm guessing since you were a guy who was in high school when when Pearl Jam Ten came out, uh, I mean when when Even Flow was all over MTV, uh, they yeah. they had to be a fairly big influence. And I and I know you've I've oh not, yeah I know you've worked with big names, but uh, when you first started working with Stone, was it a little was there a little bit of like surrealness or was it just business as usual?
5: It was pretty surreal because, um, yeah, growing up that at that time I was mostly a guitar player in high school and like you know learning the songs like Alive and mm-hmm. I mean it's just like it's 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 sort of like it just gets embedded in your DNA in some ways if it's if it hits when you're like 15 or 16 years old
3: yeah
5: um so when we started working the the really crazy part was when he would like send me um kind of like Pearl Jam demos that they were working on that, mm. that maybe like that Eddie would like had passed on or something so then he would send me something and i would just take a crack at it and then he'd be like oh here's here's a uh, here's the rest of the like i'd sing a part and he'd say let's put mike mccready solo and jeff meant stuff back in oh, there and then man. he'd send it to me with like a bit and then i was like oh that's pretty crazy to, to hear me singing with basically the i'm part of pearl band. jam <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it, also it's very humbling because <laughs> because eddie Vedder is like i mean you everyone knows he's he's incredible but like when you're trying to go in the same world and like sing on the track you're like man he's he's completely one of a kind next level so it really helped me to kind of just i just did my own thing and stone's so cool because he's like just be yourself man do not try to compete with eddie or chris cornell or any of these big like (laughs) like screamer guy (laughs) like that guy's a really whale like i'm I'm more of a gentle singer, so well for the most part. like godless, but you know.
0: I was about to say you, you know, you comparing yourself to Eddie. I feel like Eddie had to sort of feel. I, I, I if I was Eddie, I'd feel like that when when he was in Temple of the Dog, first coming in there with Chris Cornell, because that's right. definitely. I mean, that's that's a whole nother level of crazy yeah, screaming fantastic. going on. Um,
5: but yeah, well, I like the thing that's cool about Pearl Jam for me too is is uh. You know they work like Eddie's got a low voice too, and 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 I've always had like a baritone, so it's, it's, mm-hmm. it was just a nice. uh... It was really cool to work with. I mean, we're working on stone. I'm working with him still because we just finished our second record right. too. So that's it's been really fun. Yeah.
0: Now, now most of the tracks, like I mean, you're you're mentioning they are because of Stone and just because of sort of, you know, what he works in. It's a little bit heavier as far as the instrumentation yeah. and you know guitar solos. Uh how how did how did you approach that where i mean I, he told you to he told you to just be yourself did you just go in there and sing like you normally would
5: yeah i, I think the like i've done some heavier stuff but the stuff i do is a little more sloppy you know so he's he's pretty there's, he's pretty precise and clean yeah. so it's more it's more like a mainstream sound so that was a little more challenging for me because <clears throat> i had to be really on my game because when you're playing with people that are that like Matt Chamberlain too the drums are so like they're perfectly on you know he's in the pocket yeah um oh my god and so you know what i kind of did with them a lot is i would just sort of i would sort of like hear the tracks and then i would oftentimes just play acoustic guitar along with the along with the song Mm. on my own and then i would turn off their tracks and i would just i would just kind of have like a folk version of it in my you know in in my uh i just play a folk version of it and kind of come up with come up with vocals that way because it's my wheelhouse it's more comfortable and then i would just pull my guitar out so like a lot of the songs were kind of done that way so i I could be comfortable in my creative process and then just pull the pull the acoustic out and put it put the guitars and drums back in and put my vocal in so that seemed to work pretty good for me it's it's a little slightly different way of doing it but it, it seemed to work good
0: yeah yeah it layers nice i mean it's 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 a real it's definitely a cool blend of that the guitar sound of stone with your voice and there's there's just so many cool production tools in those songs that uh oh cool, yeah thanks definitely sound nice uh like like you mentioned before though this is so you're you're planning on coming out with another album as painted shield
5: yeah that one, we're gonna have one coming out i think in april so it, it's already done and it's gonna be called painted shield 2 nice. and i think the singles are gonna start coming out in january and a lot of this stuff is actually more um A lot more electron, like a lot of more like analog synths and stuff, because a lot of the co-writes are Matt Chamberlain and me and Stone. So, and Matt Chamberlain's a really good, uh, like a keyboard guy. So there's gonna, it's gonna be a little bit more. um, There's a song on the on the first record called "I Am Your Country," Mm -hmm, and it kind of feels like it went that song. It sort of like went from there and kind of like. I mean, there's definitely some guitar riffs on there too, but but a lot of it feels more like uh, more keyboard, like not not like not like '80s keyboard, but more like (laughs) these kind of like. I don't know nine inch nailsy kind of keyboard.
0: Yeah. sounds. yeah. Now, now you guys, you guys like you you were introduced to Stone a, a while back, uh, back in yeah. 2014. But you didn't obviously come up with the album until last year. The first album, it it was was yeah. that the pandemic. Do we have the pandemic to thank for, like, speeding that project up?
5: Uh, yeah, it, I mean, I think that's why I got done fast. But the first, when we were in 2014, we just made, like, a few songs together, and it was more like a uh, um, a seven-inch. But then I was kind of going through a divorce, and I was going through a really hard time back then, and I was yeah. kind of just didn't have the, the brain space. And then when I went through the divorce and I, and I got, like, in a healthier spot, I reached back out to him and was like, you know what? Like, I could, really, I could really use a creative outlet like this. I feel like I'm in a different spot. So he sent me a couple new tracks. That like really clicked. like nice. it was, I was in a better spot. He like unfortunately like his friend um, Sean from his band Brad had passed away. Mm. So he was also he was like he was like feeling all this grief and was like maybe there'd be a way to create and, and have a new project to to be creative during that period. So yeah. a lot of it just kind of lined up right. And then as far as the pandemic, that really helped with getting the production done because we got this mixer guy John Conglinton, to come in and he helped with a lot of that cool sonic. Yeah, sonic stuff and he was really he was booked way out but then he called us and was like hey i got the next two months free to finish this record if you want and we're like awesome let's finish it
0: nice yeah yeah, yeah. well now along with the painted shield uh you've also been painting like painting, yeah. painting. Uh, h- how long how <laughs> long have you been selling your your visual art i think
5: i started um let's see Probably three years, maybe. I'm not sure when when exactly it started.
0: Nice, nice. What um, what, what yeah, spurred I, it?
5: Yeah, actually, it's been longer than that. It's been more like five years, I, I think, because I was always drawing. And mm-hmm. you know, I did this thing like a long time ago. I did like a coloring book for kids. Like we, I sold coloring books because I guess that was selling art. But I did this thing where I was doing all these little black, like black and white, um, kind of like drawings. On yeah. my set list. and people kept stealing, stealing the set list. And I was like, oh, <laughs> people might like these. So then I got a projector, and I. I would do these little drawings and then I project them really big onto a under onto like a big piece of canvas and then I paint them really big and so I had an art show of doing that and it, it went really good like sold a bunch of paintings and then um, it was just a fun thing to do but then come the pandemic um, you know being off the road which is like the majority of how I make my money yeah like eighty percent of musicians' money is from touring and it was gone so. I was like, well, maybe I could sell more paintings, and I tried doing more like color paintings, and it started going. I I was getting better, and people seemed to like them, so I sold like I don't know, like 130 or so paintings, which has been kind of crazy. So it's pretty fun.
0: What What's your favorite thing to paint? What type? What type of painting?
5: I keep challenging my like lately I've been like liking painting more landscapes and stuff, but like it's always like stuff I'm afraid to paint. I'm like, I couldn't paint landscapes that so they're gonna be too hard and then I'll just try it and then I'll be like, Oh, I guess I just painted a landscape, so I'll just keep pushing <laughs> pushing myself.
0: Well, I was excited. I I bought a frog for the studio. We've got a Hey,
5: thanks. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have a Mason Jennings frog hanging in the studio from now on. I haven't I haven't picked the spot yet. I'm trying to think of where, where we've got We've got one wall that's dedicated to visual art, and then the other three walls are all uh, albums. So, uh, oh, cool. Yeah, we've got we've got the the Mason Jennings Minnesota album on the wall too. So that's that's on the vinyl oh, cool. side. But then the uh, the frog it's gonna come somewhere behind me. I haven't decided. I've got a good we've got a good uh, art piece there of Florida. Uh, might put it beside. I mean, I feel like the frog is a good. Good friend of Florida. We have a lot of frogs here, so you know that'll work well. That's good. <laughs> That's
5: my first painting of a frog too, so I'm stoked you like it.
0: Nice, yeah, it's definitely. I love uh, a special place. I had two frogs growing up as pets, actually. So uh, they, nice. yeah, they're they're they're, they're a fantastic They're also a very good indicator of the environment. If you have a lot of amphibians, since they breathe and they're so sensitive through their skin, if you have a lot of them, means your environment's usually doing pretty well. If you start to see the amphibians leave, not doing well as far as an environment. Nope. Just a little ecology fact for us there, you know? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But back to to music. Uh, Very exciting. Your actual new album, your solo stuff, Real Heart, is uh, coming out February 4th. And this is the first album since uh, songs from when we met. And those those songs were all inspired by meeting and marrying your wife Josie. Yeah, she seems like she's had just such a positive, tremendous impact uh, overall in your life. H- how important has it been artistically uh, for you meeting your wife?
5: Uh hugely. I mean, she's just so supportive. You know, like she's she's an artist too. She does a lot of woven work, and that's the, the cover of the records, like one of her we- weavings mm-hmm. and. I just think it's like, it's just a, uh, we really are on the same page. And so like we live that kind of lifestyle and, and that's, that feels really good to just, you know, in the past I kind of separated my artistic life from my home life and that didn't go so good for me. You know, like yeah. this, it's to finally like having somebody that's just really on the same page. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome.
0: I saw you had very similar hands. I saw that post on Instagram. Yeah.
5: It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I thought I had the craziest hands and my hands are giant. And like, long thumbs and then when when i met her i was like wait a minute her hands are almost as big as mine but you know you would never know just looking at her because she's all like slender and she's only like 5'8 but her hands are like almost identical pretty (laughs) crazy and cool
0: i'm I'm jealous of your long slender hands i have little raccoon (laughs) hands i would i would like those are good for piano Uh, yeah i guess i mean but i need to i need to learn how to play piano then that's That's, uh (laughs) okay need to put them to use uh they're not I guess I I wouldn't say they're bad or good. I I played the drums. My instrument was the drums, and, you know, they're not really. That's good, too. Yeah, they're not, you know. I guess it would be worse if I just had huge old clunker hands for drumming and sort of might slow it down. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, this new album is, again, you worked with Stone here as one of the producers. Right. How, how did it, how did it work with him in the production chair of this new album?
5: It was cool because, you know, I, during the pandemic, we made this record, so I had been recording a bunch of stuff at my house. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I had a batch of, like, 18 or 20 songs, acoustic guitar and vocal, and I, I basically just turned it over to him and, and Regan Hagar, who's the other producer. Mm-hmm. I, I was just like... You know, can we just? I just recorded the guitar and the vocal, and and on two separate tracks. And I was like, if if you hear like maybe a, this being an electronic album, maybe it could be an electronic album. Like we could just take the guitar out. Mm-hmm. And um, so I sent him all these songs, and he was like, you know what? This guitar is like. I love this guitar, and, and like, it's all acoustic guitar. And he's like, "Let's make the acoustic guitar the center of this whole record." And nice. which was funny. I, I think I think we're working on you know working on Painted Shields for the last couple of years. I think I got kind of intimidated by him and like the mm-hmm. guitar, like the guitar playing. I was kind of like, you know, my guitar playing is probably not going to be on this record. And he's like, "No, dude, like this acoustic is great, and let's let's make it the center." And let-. so the production was kind of like the opposite of Painted Shield. So it was acoustic guitar on all the rec- all the songs, and then kind of like he brought in some different players to just. Uh, you know, kind of augment the guitar and vocal with, like, just some strings and some light horns and, and some just, like, cool, like, just, like, really, uh, almost, like, kind of vein innovative Nick Drake production or Cat Stevens, and I was pretty stoked about that because it it's really, like, it's really folky in a way that I like, so it's kind of yeah. nice to have that going with Painted
0: Shield. For sure, for sure. Now, the, the newest <laughs> single, uh, On the Brink, it's a jam. It's a little bit more... Thanks straight shooter less optimistic i would say than some uh mason jennings song at least at least when you look at some of the lyrics and i heard you'd been working on the song for about five years so yeah so this wasn't like this didn't just come out of one experience as far as you writing the lyrics
5: no it was it kept getting verses and the verses kept changing and it was like you know going through a crappy divorce and being in a a marriage that was bad kind of, I'm sure that, you know, that was influencing it. And then working with a bunch of people in the music business over the years, I'm sure it's been just kind of cooking for, it's been kind of brewing for a bunch of years. I think so. it it finally took its form on this record.
0: Yeah. It's funny as far as the music part of it, I always think, you know, it's sort of the, the ultimate negative music, uh song as far as negative music uh, industry song is is Hotel California because that's what they, you know that that supposedly the, the the background of it is you get trapped in this. Crappy. Oh, I didn't know
3: that.
0: Yeah, well, I I don't think they let it out for a really long time. But if you watch the the Eagles documentary uh, that they came yeah. out with like f- six years ago, that's what Don Henley keeps saying. Is he's he's like it's a tale about the music industry and you getting stuck in something that you can't get out of. <laughs> and uh so it makes sense yeah yeah exactly when you hear it you're like oh now i get it and that you know that's yeah. what i thought about a little bit with your song on the brink is you know that sort of same deal of like before you you know especially at that start as far as you getting in the tank and the the bit the rolls royce going off to the bank that definitely keyed off that music industry part for me that i was like yeah i see it i see yep. it uh, well let's let's talk about the the video um seems like you now did you did you had control of the video right you were you were coming up with the actual production there
5: yeah Regan Regan Hagar did the video but i I had some of the ideas I just thought it'd be funny to do like a you know it would, wanted it to look like a like a community access like kind of religious programming mm-hmm. so I, that's what I was kind of going for and, and just the idea of people thinking that they know better than you know, I've had a lot of people in my life come up to me and think think to tell me that they here spirits or they're hearing what I'm supposed to do, or like somebody's trying to talk to me through the spirit telephone and I've had a lot of that and and uh i don't I don't know if it's because I'm in the public eye, probably it is or maybe I'm just have a target on my back because it's just my nature of being empathetic, you know, but yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of just a visual play on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, was it your idea to put in the uh, particular creepy folks like uh, Marshall Applewhite, uh, or was that? Uh, yeah, Reagan? that
5: was that. That guy was my. No, Marshall was my idea. That was. That, I just watched the documentary on that, and I was like, "We got to get him in there a
0: little bit." What a creepy fella! Yes! That is... Oh my god, dude! For for the listeners that don't know that guy, he, so he's at the start of the music video. Go check it out there for Mason Jennings. But he was the guy that was in heaven's gates uh heaven's gate uh i don't know what you would call it suicide group um yeah yeah and and man i just if i i don't see like that's the thing is i don't see how like if i went to a meeting and that guy was leading it i was like i'm i'm out of here this guy is freaking me out Uh,
5: (laughs) most people were
0: yeah yeah that's true the large majority were out of there but uh yeah him and jim jones in there so yeah i can see you know obviously the 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 literal idea of selling this uh this snake oil it's a it's a very cool video and it goes well with the with the song i like it well i'm extremely excited about the whole album the real hard album is there a song that obviously you haven't released yet that you're really excited for people to hear anyone in particular on the album um,
5: I feel good about all of them. I mean, the next one that's going to come out is a song called Tomorrow and I think that's a pretty a pretty cool song. So, very think, nice. and then the, the, the there's a track called Real Heart that I think was, is a strong track
0: too. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I'm excited for the listeners to hear the whole thing February 4th, guys. You can already pre-order the vinyls and everything like that. Mason, since it's Thanksgiving special, let's get a couple yeah. of questions in here. Here's a couple Thanksgiving okay. questions. First off, let's start an easy one. What's your favorite part of Thanksgiving dinner? Since you're a vegetarian, we know turkey's out. What's the best part? Uh, uh,
5: I like. Let's see. Does dessert count?
0: Of course. Pumpkin
5: pie.
0: Mmm. Pumpkin Love pie. It. Very nice. I'm more of a chocolate man when it comes to dessert. But like, that's the thing. With, okay. With Thanksgiving, it's it's hard to find a you know a a, a standard chocolate dish for Thanksgiving. It is sort of a pumpkin pie kind yeah. of deal. Um, yeah. We had, I never, don't know if you ever heard of him, we had the uh, a, a, a competitive eater, Matt Stoney, on the show. Matt Stoney. Oh, I think ate, I have heard of him. He ate over 20 pounds of pumpkin pie in eight minutes. What's
5: that look like as far as how many pies?
0: <laughs> I think it was 80 like some slices. So, yeah. Oh,
5: probably... that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was insane. I watched the whole video of him do it, and I was just like, oh, "That hurts my stomach a lot." But yes! he's, wow. you know, yeah, he he can he can indulge in Thanksgiving. That's for sure. Wow, that's intense. Let's think. Does Thanksgiving reach your top three holidays? Yeah, it'll, it'll go number three. Number three. What what beats it out? What are no, one and two? You think?
5: I think Christmas and
0: Halloween. Mm. Nice. What did you dress How about you? What did you dress up for Halloween this year, did you? I did. And I just handed out candy to all the little kids. Uh, just being just being the nice guy. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I always get lazy. As listeners already know, I I told my co-host uh when Thanksgiving or when Halloween rolls around, I always think because it's easy cuz I have long hair and a beard that I was like, yeah, I'll be Jesus. And then I'm like, oh, there you go. I gotta get some robes and stuff. I don't know. That sounds sort of tough. And then usually I just I, I end up not dressing up and handing out candy. That's pretty much it. But I don't. I think <laughs> top top uh, holidays. I definitely would put Christmas up there. It's always nice. Although I do feel like there is a little bit too much selling of Christmas on on TV. Just yeah. like trying to make you feel like you gotta feel. I'm like, hey. I will fill Christmas on my own, guys, okay? Yeah, really? when
5: it's time to, not yeah. now. Um,
0: Too early. Uh, yes, yeah, so Christmas is up there. I, I'm i such a summer guy, but I don't really, there's not really, you know, summer holidays to go off of. I mean, you can do, like, Memorial Day, but that's not really. a Fourth of July, This, yeah. Yeah, I I guess yep. Thanksgiving might make it onto my top three. It might make it up there. Okay. That's, I don't know. I guess. Well, I was, <laughs> I was about to say Valentine's Day, but that nah, does definitely doesn't. Uh, nah, I could do without. That's fine. Uh, but, <laughs> you know. Anyways, anyways, the last one, best Thanksgiving holiday memory. What do you got in the memory banks? The best thing that's ever happened Man. on Thanksgiving. Or at least, you know, it would reach your top five memories of Thanksgiving.
5: That's hard, man. It's probably something, like, I guess there was one year that my wife and I were on, we were having to do a show, and we were in some cool hotel in in Chicago, and we were kind of like, ended up watching the uh, dog show. There's like a, there's like a, I don't, I can't remember the name of it, but there's some like competitive dog show every Thanksgiving, which I didn't know, so it was like, yeah strangely like super fun to watch this dog show and like be in this cool hotel in this weird city which is probably the opposite of what i'm supposed to say i'm probably supposed to say all the family was gathered no, around, no. but i no. guess that that dog show jumps out
0: i like the dog <laughs> show better that's and i actually if that was 2019 i don't know if it was i was watching that probably dog was. show too uh, to. I was, I probably so good. Me and my family were watching that dog show at the same time. So (laughs) it's a good memory listeners. If there's any of you guys out there that loved, uh, love the dog show, let us know. Let us know. Mason, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you for coming on the doc G show and being our Thanksgiving miracle.
5: Uh, thanks so much for having me, and thanks for doing the interview. I appreciate all the all the thoughtful questions.
0: For sure. Listeners, you can check out all things Mason Jennings at his website, masonjennings.com, or you can check out his art on Etsy at masonjenningsart. Right now, let's take a listen to the newest single, On the Brink, right here on The Doc G Show.
2: By the time I saw the writing I was halfway in the tank, watching as your Bentley headed to the bank. But you never got there, did you? Somewhere you got lost, living like a vampire. Comes at quite a cost, where are you now? Where is your swag? Dealing with all this has been such a drag There ain't no love like a phony love There ain't no lie like a holy lie We're only as strong as our weakest link When we're stranded here together Stranded here together on the break In case it wasn't clear You have never touched a Thing that I hold dear Now my life's a movie On every blazing screen Your life is a footnote No one's ever seen the ugly truth the truth. Sometimes it's what we need just to make it through. There ain't no love like a phony love. There ain't no lie like a holy lie. We're only as strong as our weakest link and we're stranded here together, stranded here together on the break. Hard. They move their tent revival into your front yard At first I didn't notice how much they target me When a stranger says they love you That love is never free Where are you now? Where is your swag? all this, has been such a drag There ain't no love, like a phony love There ain't no lie, like a holy lie We're only as strong as our weakest link When we're stranded here together Stranded here together There ain't no love, like a phony love There ain't no lie, like a holy lie We're only as strong as our weakest link We're stranded here together Stranded here together Off the grave
0: on the doc G show Thanksgiving special that was the one that was the only Mason Jennings right there on the show yes yes fantastic to have him on the show and I do have my frog it is going up in the studio very exciting very happy to get that art I'm a fan of frogs Mike yeah I'm a fan of frogs that's a great that's a great uh, painting. Yeah, it was a great it's good. Paint. It's very nice. It's not like the frog I had growing up. Nope. I told Mason I had frogs growing up. So, it was, mm. uh, yeah, my, my frogs, well, technically my frogs weren't frogs. They were fire belly toads. Oh. So, they were toads. And they had red and black underbellies. Very hmm. colorful underbellies. So true. Great, great, great pets. Had them, for, had them for like seven years, eight years, those guys. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They they would eat uh, they would eat insects out of your hand. You just put one up to their face, and they'd be like, "Oh, a moth? Well, I don't mind if I do," <laughs> and just take her in there. It's always so funny too, just because. I mean, not funny for the moth. It's pretty sad for the moth because he was getting eaten. That's a fact. Um, but let's be honest. Moths don't have too much feelings. I'm guessing. Yeah, don't. I don't I don't know about their central nervous system, but I'm guessing not. Anyways, yeah. uh, the, the the toad would just take it in, and <laughs> he wouldn't get all of it in, and there would just be a big pile of wings hanging out of his mouth, and he'd yeah. just put his hands over the wings while he was pausing, just like... Uh, it's going to take a while to get it all in here. There we go. And then every, like, 30 seconds, he'd try to cram a little bit more in and be like, okay, that's all I got for now. All right, we'll wait here for a little bit. Jeez. Sort of like when you see a snake, you know, trying to eat something huge. Sort of like yeah. that, except less creepy. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's cuter because he's a toad and not a snake. Anyways, yeah. I got really <laughs> sidetracked. That's a fact. Thanks to Mason for being on the show. Uh... Mike, you ever have any dealings that I, that really that story about him telling me about the the waiters uh, being like, you sound like a real musician that that just hit home because I was like, man, if I was him, I would have lost it on them, especially after <laughs> working so hard to get that demo out there for like three years. Be like, of course, yes, I'm a musician. That's what I do. Like. Gee, have you? I'm guessing you've had that situation with comedy.
1: Yeah. So, uh, one time I did a show in Cocoa Beach at Gregory's, and I was I was the MC. I was opening the show, hosting mm-hmm. the show, basically. Yeah. And some lady came up to me after the show and was like, "You know what? You did a great job. You should think about actually trying to do stand up comedy." <laughs> and uh, I'm like, "Oh, you know, that's like a part of the hosting job is to." make you guys laugh and get the show started it's kind of how that works <laughs> but you know people are like if you're not famous or if yeah. you're not in their their little numbers their world yeah. numbers then you're uh you're not doing anything
0: you're <laughs> like, not you're a- just, that's not actually no. your po- yeah that's not your position yeah no you're doing yeah. this as a side hustle it's basically your uber that's what yeah. you do yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it it, it's it's weird. It's like I told him. It's just an odd thing that like you can't sell your oversell yourself. Yeah. Uh, I'll say one guy I think that's pretty good at selling himself in the comedy world. Uh, Bert. Uh, you know Bert uh, Kaisler or uh, Kaiser. I forget his last name. The guy that's always yeah, always shirtless. That dude. Yeah. He's he's good. He's just a he's a hype machine. Regardless if it's himself or not, he's just a hype machine. Uh, In the in the music world, I feel like maybe it just goes with the territory of hip hop better than other genres of music. Yeah, but like hip hop artists are very good at self promotion. Mm -hmm. Some some of them, some of them aren't. But I feel like there are more hip hop artists that are better at sort of selling that brand than a lot of, like, your singer-songwriters. You don't see a singer-songwriter out there like, I'm the greatest ever to do this. You don't even know. Right. Seems a little wild. He told us us Birchwood Cafe in Minneapolis. I just looked it up, Mike. Mm. We looked it up over the old musical break there. Looks pretty fantastic. Uh, They are taking Thanksgiving orders, but guess what? Bad news, folks. They're already sold out. So, so if you were planning on getting one, if you our our listeners there in the uh, Anoka area, which I pointed out to uh, Mason, that we do have listeners in his area, in his neck of the woods, there are some Minnesota originals listening to the Doc G show. Thank you guys. Thank you. Um, if you haven't yet, bad news. You you can't get your Birchwood Cafe uh Thanksgiving dinner you'll have to wait and I'll tell you Mike as you know I am not a Thanksgiving food guy but mm-hmm. that turkey sounded delicious yeah rosemary lime turkey legs get out of town yeah that sounds amazing that sounds good and then with that cornbread stuffing I will get down on some of that that I yeah. will get down plus they got it they got butter all over it in the picture This is like a giant stick of butter who can't get down on butter I can get Free down photos. on butter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good photography done there. Anyways, Mike, we got to we gotta wrap this Thanksgiving special up with some uh, birthday suits. Don't worry. We oh, got birthday yes. suits left. We, we do. Still got we got birthday more. suits. We got two <laughs> birthday suits to go here. Um, and then you guys can go into your Thanksgiving uh, special comas. You can be like, oh, I over-listened to the Doc G show. Every year I do it. <laughs> Just too, it's too much, too filling. Uh, okay, what do you want to hear first? The actress or the basketball player? Uh, let's do basketball player. Okay, this is an old basketball player, very well known. Some would say I'm the Mount Rushmore basketball player. Okay. Here we go. Born on November 24th, 1938 in Charlotte, Tennessee. Our birthday suit wearer was only 18 months old when his parents moved to uh, Indianapolis. Our birthday suit wearer ended up going to uh, Crispus Attucks uh, High School. Attucks? Attucks? I don't know how you say that. A-T-T-U-C-K-S. Attucks? Or Attucks? Yeah, I don't know. I can't read. (laughs) Sorry. Never got it. Never got that far in high school. No, no. lockers. Florida. Didn't learn how to read. Don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a, it was an all black school in Indianapolis. In 1955, his team went 31 and 1. And became wow. the first all black school to win the state championship in the country. In the country. The next year, they went 31 and 0. and and were state champions. Our birthday suit wearer was named Mr. Basketball in 1956 in Indianapolis in the state of Indiana. He decided to go to Cincinnati. In college, he dominated again, winning three scoring titles, and was a two-time All-American. He was drafted by the Cincinnati Royals who would later become the Sacramento Kings. But the Cincinnati Royals, he had a 15-season career. He became six-time assist leader in the NBA, 11-time All-NBA player, an MVP, a 12-time All-Star, and an NBA champion. His number is retired by two teams that he played for. It's retired by the Sacramento Kings and the Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks. Hmm. He uh, recently was selected for the NBA 75th anniversary team. Name that birthday suit wearer. Ah, I'm so bad with
1: old basketball players. I don't know the Bucks. I just know one guy was on the Bucks and was really
0: good Kareem Abdul Jabbar. No. Nope. Am I wrong? No. Because ah. then he'd be retired by the Lakers, too. I'll yeah, give you a hint. His saying, nickname's the Big O.
1: Um bad with nicknames, I don't know, (laughs) who is it?
0: Oscar Robertson, Uh Oscar Robertson, the big O man, yeah. Yeah, dude was unstoppable back in the day. He was a triple, double machine, if you don't remember. That was the guy that Oscar Rob or uh, Russell Westbrook passed, as far as they never thought it would happen again. Oscar Robertson for a season averaged a triple double, and they didn't think it would happen again. But then again, you got that, you got that crazy, you got that crazy old Russell Westbrook out there just triple doubling, and he matched mm-hmm. the Big O's record. So there you go. But Oscar Robertson, some people will consider him sort of the. Uh, the uh, best, uh, one of the best of all time there on Mount Rushmore. Uh, he did have, for a very short time, he had the NCAA scoring uh, record. Most points by a uh, collegiate uh, collegiate athlete. But uh, just a couple years after he won it, uh, Pete, Pistol Pete, came in and beat him. Mm. Pistol Pete. And Pistol Pete's record, that's going to be a tough one to beat uh i don't know if anybody if you go look at the highest scoring uh college players pistol pete averaged like 40 points a game for his career in college it was insane anyways not pistol pete this is oscar robertson and oscar robertson did amazing in nba as well pistol pete didn't do as amazing in the nba anyways Hmm. He's a he's a MVP, a 12-time All-Star, just a, a a fantastic athlete, one of the greatest to ever do it, and still alive, celebrating the 83rd birthday right there. Nice. Happy birthday, Oscar! Happy birthday! All right, last birthday suit here, Mike. Uh, don't think you're gonna get this one, so it okay. might be an no for three day. We'll see. <laughs> uh, born on November 24, 1990 hmm. in Manhattan, New York. Our birthday suit parents were both actors. As a result, our birthday suit has been interested in acting since her childhood. Yes! She ended up going to the professional performing arts school. Plentib- plenty of notable alumni like Alicia Keys, Josh Peck, Britney Spears, Claire Danes. All kinds of other folks. That's right. Her first big role was when she was seven in the movie Private Parts, where she acted as Howard Stern's daughter. She then played in Lipstick Jungle, a series on NBC, and then in several commercials. Her big break came when she was cast as Haley Dunphy on the sitcom Modern Family in 2009. She spent 11 seasons on the show. While filming Modern Family, she's also starred in the movies Cougars, Inc., Conception, uh, Scary Movie 5, Vampire Academy, See You in Valhalla, XOXO, and The Wedding Year. Name that birthday suit wearer. Uh, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't no think. Idea. <laughs> I've heard the name, but there's no way I'd be able to recall this name. Sarah Hyland. Sarah Hyland, yes, the older daughter on Modern Family, 11 seasons on there. Yeah, she's yeah. Uh, she's had a bit of a a, a rough life, uh, mainly because of her kidney issues. Really, she had a she had a kidney fail on her, and ah. uh, yeah, well, her kidneys failed on her. Then she tried to get a transplant from her dad, and the uh, kidney from her dad failed. And then yeah. I, she got another kidney. I think that was from her brother, and that one still is still uh, with her. It did not fail. Um, but she has had all kinds of kidney operations, all kinds of other things going on. It's been tough. People don't know yeah. about it. Uh, they so. just see they just see the pretty lady, and they think, "Oh man, what a great life! Actress, pretty lady." But you know what? Take a mi- walk a mile in her shoes, man. Walk mm-hmm. a mile in her shoes. Sarah Highland, she's uh, turning 31, Uh, so happy birthday, Sarah! Hope you have a uh, fantastic Thanksgiving. Hope you have a uh, a great year in general, Uh, Mike. It's about it. It's about the Thanksgiving Ah. special. It's about that's 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 what we got, man. We came, we Thanksgivinged, and it was great. It Mm -hmm. was uh, it was a good time. We've got great shows coming up. I'm super excited. We've got a couple of artists here. I'm working out the deets of when we're going to get the uh, the interviews done. But I'm very excited about some of the folks we got coming on the show. Uh, other than that, I hope you folks out there have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we will see you next week. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus with his first Thanksgiving. Giving special charrette. Thank you for being on the show, sir. Thank you for having me. This was great. Of course, of course. And listeners, until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it, do